Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to human suffering, death, factual inaccuracies, several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. There are a lot more biblical floods than I remember reading about. I'm Adam. We tried to unloose the sluice, but the reservoir couldn't hold any more juice. I'm Andy. Well, sorry your town's gone, but looks like God hates you. I'm Kelly. Damn! I'm Sean, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we're going to be talking about dams. Damn Damn it. Yeah, not dames, but dams. I didn't say my damn yet. Okay, go ahead. Damn. Thank you. (laughs) So the word damn comes from the Norse word dammer. So at some point, we just dropped the R. And as we're going to be talking about disasters, and as you'll recall from our bridge disaster episode, disaster is Latin, meaning ill-fated star. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's pretty great. Disastro. There aren't any phobias of dams specifically, but, you know, lots of phobias around water, which is around dams. Are there phobias of beavers? Uh, Nope, apparently. So, the science of dams. Dams are large structures that block the flow of water. They can be made from stone, wood, concrete, or steel. Uh, Their basic types are arch, which are large curves that are compressed by the water, Gravity dams, which are just really, really big. Barrage dams, which is basically just a long line of gates that can be opened. Embankment dams, which are just big piles of rocks. And beaver dams, which beavers make out of wood to create little ponds to fish in. (laughs) I know which one's my favorite. So dams can be used to control water flow, generate power, or create lakes. Or beaver homes. Yep. Yeah. So that is the science of dams. So we're on to our acid pop quiz. So true or false? People have died in floods caused from the breaking of beaver dams. I'm going to say true. Yeah, it seems true. No. (laughs) (laughs) They're just beavers. It's not like they were doing it maliciously. As far as I could find, this is false. Though I did find several stories where beaver dams flooded neighborhoods, including a story from November of last year when a tree went down a river and rammed through a beaver dam, flooding a neighborhood several feet deep in Mill Creek, Washington, which was actually where I worked at the time the flood happened. So that that neighborhood died. (laughs) It's a rival beaver colony upstream that (laughs) took down the tree. The beaver lost his home, too. It's true. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Because, like, the, the house part is sort of, like, usually off to one side. So if the middle goes out, they might be okay. Well, I mean, that was like that was like his backyard, though. That's yeah. where he gets yeah, his food true. and stuff. It's his workplace. <laughs> <laughs> so true or false, the U.S. gets the bulk of its power from hydroelectricity. Thought you were going to say beaver dams. <laughs> really loosen the lead here. Sounds false to me, but what do I know? I know there's a lot of dams that cause problems as far as like ecology and stuff so it seems like it could be true so i'll go with that i don't know i think we're still mostly like coal power (laughs) yeah this is in fact false 
only about 6% of power in the U.S. comes from dams. Though that still makes it the fourth biggest generator of power uh, behind coal, natural gas, and interestingly, geothermal. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. But there are 24 countries that get most of their power from dams. Is Holland one of them? Uh, I think so. So true or false, there are bodies encased in the concrete of Hoover Dam. I've always heard that. I don't know if it's true or not. I believe the lady on the tour told me that, but it sounded like something spooky to tell children. Mm -hmm. It's not the Great Wall of China. I'm saying false. I'm also saying false. True. (laughs) So as far as I can tell, this is false. There are lots of stories about people being entombed in the Hoover Dam. And at the time it was built, the Hoover Dam was the largest concrete structure in the world. So it does have a lot of concrete. And there are stories about huge amounts of concrete being poured and people getting caught in the flow and lost in the huge slabs. But in reality, each slab was poured in small portions of only an inch thick or 2.5 centimeters so that the concrete could cure properly. Have to be someone pretty skinny. Yeah. So if someone got caught under the flow, it'd be hard to miss a dead body in one inch of concrete. Anti-private eye, dead. <laughs> it would be it would be a pretty bitchin' wall if it had a bunch of like skeletons sticking out of the side. <laughs> yeah. Basically, what I was reading was, but like you know, if it had been, it would be much less structurally stable because humans don't compress at the same rate as concrete. It's <laughs> a good point. So dams can cause earthquakes. Hmm? I mean, why would you include it if it wasn't true? <laughs> Oh, Oh, that, that, no, false. I'm going to say true. Like a sudden rush of water hits the dam. The dam reverberates and then causes an earthquake nearby. I'm going to say true because the the dam is like, it's like in a fault line and it's like holding the fault line there. And then it causes more pressure to build up. Yeah. Well, it's still being looked into, but some scientists believe that dams can cause earthquakes. The additional pressure of all that water may cause faults to slip, which is what is believed to have happened in a quake in Sichuan, China in 2008. This quake was, I think, an 8.0 magnitude, and it killed an estimated 80,000 civilians. I remember that one. And ironically broke 2,000 dams. (laughs) Interestingly, when the dam was proposed in 2000, seismologists advised against it as it went right across a known fault line. Hmm. So there you go. Interesting. Could be. Do hmm. we have any dams across fault lines? I mean, we do have several on the Colorado River. So time for our fill in the blank. The oldest dam still in operation was built when? Wait, is, is BC out of the question? What do you guys think? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of our bridge so. episode when we learned that we had prehistoric bridges. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say 500 BC. Hmm. 1850 CE. <laughs> 1400 B-E- BC or C- what are the other ones AD <laughs> not the BC okay so the city of Tiryns was right next to the river Lakissa there was a sh- sort of dry channel that made a line from the river to the city and one time the river flooded and this little channel funneled all the water into the town <laughs> to stop this happening again the Tyrians built a 33 foot or 10 meter high and 340 foot or 103 meter long earthen dam to divert the overflow water to another nearby river. To another and nearby town. To another nearby town. <laughs> 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 and so it did, and continued to do so since 1260 BC. Whoa. I'm closest without going under? Yeah. 
So how tall is the tallest dam? Real tall. 3,000 feet tall. Ooh. It's the biggest. That's pretty big. How tall is Hoover? Oh, he was about Hoover's... five <laughs> I think it's about 800 feet. Only 800? I think so. That gives us a, a, a good jumping off yeah. point. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 1,000 miles. Feet. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I'm not done falling. I just ran out of breath. Ah! <laughs> ah. 1,500 oh, wait, feet like planes are up there. <laughs> <laughs> Clock. <laughs> wow. this is up here. <laughs> so the Jinping E Dam in Sichuan, China is 1,000 feet tall. Whoa. <laughs> Andy's proposed, <laughs> <laughs> proposed mega dam. <laughs> going to dam the oceans. <laughs> So that's 83 stories, and this is a hydroelectricity dam. So how long is the longest dam? Man, do it, Andy. 3,000 feet. Not <laughs> too, but <laughs> what Adam said makes me think of 1,500 feet. 3,000 feet. <gasps> 500 feet. So the Kiev Dam in Dnieper, Ukraine, is 25 miles across, or 41 kilometers. So I'm closest. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) It makes a nice lake and generates electricity. What is it damning that's so big? It's a lake, essentially. It's it's just like the breadth of an entire lake. So Lake Chagan in Kazakhstan is the result of an embankment dam along the Chagan River. It's about 1,300 feet or 400 meters across and about 300 feet or 100 meters deep. How was this embankment dam made? Hard work. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> beavers. It was beavers again. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not sure I can. I don't know how any dam was made. <laughs> I'm not an engineer. Yeah. Somebody with a college degree, I assume. <laughs> uh, here's a clue. This lake is very round. An astronaut, not an asteroid, a meteor. An astronaut did it. <laughs> <laughs> This whole lake is the result of a test to see what happens if you detonate a nuclear bomb underground in 1965. Well, did it test for other years, too? (laughs) It's really neat because you can go swimming there in the winter and the ground is still warm. (laughs) So we're on to our terms. What is a baffle block? (laughs) It's very confusing. It sounds like a, a piece of engineering that works and they don't know why. It's another name for a Rubik's Cube. (laughs) <laughs> it's one of those damned Z-shaped pieces in Tetris that you can't fit in there. <laughs> so this is a big piece of concrete that goes in a channel to try and dissipate some of the energy of fast-flowing water. Okay. So it acts as a baffle. What is dead storage? It's called a graveyard, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it's Hoover Dam. Uh, some sort of hollow part of the dam that holds water? <laughs> Kind of. This sounds exciting, but basically, if you open up every outlet on a dam, there will be some water left at the bottom, and that water is the dead storage. Basically means you can't get that water out of there. That's where Jimmy Hoffa is. (laughs) (laughs) What is a pervious zone? (laughs) So, I mean, it's the opposite of... Opposite opposite of of impervious, I assume. Mm-hmm. It's the most vulnerable part of the dam. The pervious zone 
is that little room in the video rental store where the guys in trench coats live. <laughs> I was thinking it was where the creepy guys hang out on the dam and watch the women sunbathing on the beach. <laughs> the pervious zone. So I think we all know what impervious means, and this is just the opposite of that. It's a part of a dam where water can soak through. It seems like a bad dam. Well, yeah. I mean, sometimes these are just parts to like let off some of the pressure. So like once the water reaches a certain height, it starts to soak out. So like it goes other places. Yeah. So what were high scalers? Uh, high scalers are guys that climb dams really high. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mountain climber, but for dams. It's a pretty smooth wall to climb. And it'd be pretty scary. So rare breed of mountain goat that lives <laughs> on dams. <laughs> So during construction of the Hoover Dam, men would descend the walls of the canyon that would be the site of the dam to remove loose earth and unstable rocks with shovels, pickaxes, and dynamite. And boots. <laughs> yeah. So these were high scalers. Uh, and an interesting aside, these guys would get hit on the head a lot by falling debris. So to protect their heads, they dipped several layers of cloth in tar and shaped them into hats. What? There are things called hard hats, fellas. Yeah. So the company building the dam liked the idea so much, they mass-produced thousands of them. Originally called hard-boiled hats, the name was later oh, shortened to hard hats. Crazy. Oh, the hard-boiled hat, eh? Yeah. It's a hat that doesn't take no for an answer. Like, that's got to get really hot. Yeah. Just black <laughs> and, and sticky. And the tar starts to melt. <laughs> Uh, another one of our high scalers is encased on the wall again (laughs) it's like venom ran through here (laughs) what was operation chastise it sounds like but it has to do with dams Uh, Mm -hmm. that's when a dam broke and the flooded town walked up to the engineers and just started shaking their fingers at him. Really, really disappointed. Oh, we told you. This is when they found a school marm that was so good at chastising, she chastised a lake, a, a river into becoming a lake. <laughs> Before you guys said yours, I was thinking the wrong definition for chastise, so I had a whole... <laughs> Were you thinking mind. chastity? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, when you, that's when you lock a river up. <laughs> that's when you turn someone into chess pieces. So I'm glad you guys haven't heard of this because I had I had sort of heard of this before, but um, not by this name. So the Second World War was awful for a lot of reasons, but the random nature of attacks is pretty high on my list. So armies would just blow crap up. If it was a military installation, great. If not, that's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever slows them down. Yep. One such mission was Operation Chastise, in which the Royal Air Force blew up German dams, causing widespread flooding. The stated goal was to destroy war factories and mines, but factory workers and miners are not soldiers, and neither are their families that live close by to the factories and mines. It's estimated that 1,600 civilians died in these attacks. So the bombs that did this were crazy. Hitting a dam with a bomb is almost impossible. You could drop a torpedo in the lake behind the dam, but the Germans put in torpedo nets in most of their lakes to protect from this. That's crazy. I never even would have thought about that no more. (laughs) So Barnes Wallace came up with a bomb design that was basically a big barrel. In the plane, the barrel would get spinning really fast in the opposite direction of the dam. The plane would fly really fast and low at the dam and then release the bomb in front of the dam. The spinning barrel would bounce merrily across the water until it hit the dam. 
(laughs) When it hit, its backward spin would cause it to roll down the dam and underwater where it would detonate, destroying the dam. That's... It's like one of the most clever bombs I've ever heard of. Yeah, it's I've seen videos of these and you should go watch them if you haven't because it's crazy. Like a plane just basically releases a big bouncy ball and it just goes like boing and just starts like it, it, it looks like somebody skipping a rock. But this rock is like a 50 ton barrel that's like 10 feet across. That's awesome. <laughs> Good and bad job, Royal Air Force. <laughs> <laughs> so that concludes our acid pop quiz. We're on to our stories. So when it comes to dam disasters, there's a lot of them, but uh, I just picked a few that I thought were really interesting, and I organized these from least to most casualties. So in the 1960s, a coal mine near Buffalo Creek in West Virginia was becoming a big industry. Several mining companies operated there, and over the next few years, they consolidated together to form the Buffalo Creek Pittston Coal Company. (laughs) For various mining reasons, they dumped the mining sludge up in the creek, which created a sort of dam. It was called a dam and treated like a dam, even getting government inspections, though it was really just a big pile of rocks. (laughs) Trash pile looks secure. (laughs) Yeah, put some more sludge on it. Wait around the paychecks, boys. So this dam was getting a bit big, so in 1964, they started a second heap up the river a bit. In 1967, the first dam failed just a little bit, but no one got hurt. The coal company, thinking that it was just a fluke, started a third crap dam up the river for the second in 1970. Dam number three was inspected by a federal agent on February 27th, 1972, and he declared it looked hunky-dory. Looks like a bunch of stuff in a pile. (laughs) That is a good pile of rocks. You did it again. (laughs) Then, four days later, dam number three failed catastrophically, dominoing down into dams two and one. A wave 30 feet or nine meters high blasted down the creek, where it went on a whirlwind tour of all the local towns along the way. (laughs) Surfers rushed from all over America. (laughs) And now it's carrying big old rocks. (laughs) In total, it crashed through 16 towns, killing 125 people, injuring 1,100 more, and leaving 4,000 people homeless popular area yeah like at the 16th town like honey did you leave the shower on (laughs) the company held up their hands and claimed the whole mess was an act of god (laughs) god didn't want those dams there anymore (laughs) or your towns really it's not our fault the soggy residents felt otherwise in the end the company was found guilty of murder and lawsuits against the company by the residents cost the company just over 18 million dollars which worked out to about 13,000 per victim or about $62,000 in today's money the company is still serving three life sentences (laughs) I want more than $62,000 to kill a family member yeah destroy my house and kill my dad so maybe a little more money would be appropriate an interesting side story Carrie Albright became known as the Miracle Baby after his mother, who was running from the flood, tossed him into the air as the wave hit her. She drowned, but Carrie ended up safely on top of the wave, riding it the rest of the way down with almost no injuries. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Surf Baby! Became known as the Radical Baby. (laughs) He had sunglasses permanently bolted onto his head. (laughs) A a song was written about him. It's called Surfing Bird. (laughs) So for our next damn disaster, mining in Stava, Italy was a big deal. They started out mining silver, but after the silver dried up, they switched to mining fluorite. 
They switched to having casinos. <laughs> no, wait. A different place. So they started out just mining fluorite, but in the mid-1900s, they found a better way of getting it out of the rocks chemically. Problem was, it created a lot of liquid toxic waste, which had to be stored, dried, and disposed of. To deal with this, the companies that ran the mines decided to build a dam in the late 1960s. It was built a half a mile or 800 meters from the local town. They decided to build a gravel and sand dam as they were cheap and easy. Oh, sure. <laughs> Thing is, and safe, what, what right? Back this toxic lake? Yeah, that, that's what I want for my toxic chemicals. Something cheap and easy. I don't want to spend a lot of time at this. Thing is, these dams are fine on a small scale, but they don't work great after a certain size. The original dam was to be about 30 feet or 9 meters high, but once they got going, it ended up being more like 80 feet or 25 meters. Hmm. To solve this problem, they decided to build two dams, one on top of the other. Though, <laughs> I don't think that's how it <laughs> works. <laughs> Though that meant that instead of having one dam that was way too tall, they had two dams that were still too tall. <laughs> The government wanted a closer look at the thing, and in 1974 released a report that not only showed that the dams were too big, they were too steep as well. However, the company paid to have their own consultant who surveyed the dams, and he <laughs> said everything looked perfectly fine, though it was hard to hear him behind all those stacks of cash. <laughs> Construction was completed, and that was the last time anyone looked into the structure of the dam again. Case closed. Yeah. In 1985, a drainage pipe that went from the upper dam to the lower dam had warped from dealing with too much sludge, and it had basically become useless. As a result, the top dam failed, sending all of its contents into the second dam. That one could barely take care of itself, let alone twice its normal load, so it failed too. A slurry of mud, sand, and toxic waste of about 880,000 cubic meters, or 47 million gallons, flew towards the town at 50 miles an hour, or That's 90 right. kilometers an hour. It reached the town in less than a minute, destroying 62 buildings, 8 bridges, and killing 268 people, Oof. making this one of the worst disasters in Italy's history. Other than that whole Mussolini thing. <laughs> in the aftermath, 10 people from the mining company and surveyors were convicted of manslaughter and went to jail. I feel like the government deserves some blame here too. Yeah. Like they were like, it's broken, but they clearly didn't follow up. Yeah. <laughs> it's broke, but tomorrow's a federal holiday, so <laughs> consider yourself cited. Yeah, here's a sternly <laughs> worded letter. Well, like the guy was walking around the dam, he's like, this looks broken. And then Ezio Auditori walked by tossing coins and beggars <laughs> suddenly made him forget. Money, money. <laughs> so the South Fork Dam was an embankment dam in Pennsylvania, and it was a big one. It was 72 feet or 22 meters tall, 918 feet or 300 meters long, and 220 feet or 70 meters deep at its base. Ooh. It was built in 1852 to provide water to the Pennsylvania Canal. Even though it was just a big pile of rocks, it did have some dam safety features like five valves and a spillway. Well, what more do you need? Yep. How modern. Five yep. valves. These safety features were not well-maintained, though, and over the years, they slowly broke down. Rather than try and fix the dam, the company that owned it decided to sell it to Benjamin Ruff in 1879. <laughs> it's your problem now. Yep. Ruff wanted to make a retreat for wealthy people. <laughs> <laughs> Ruff uh -oh. was not a smart man. <laughs> he started the South Fork Fishing and Hunting Club, which catered to the elite, including Andrew Carnegie. Oh, 
Ruff got to work fixing the dam. He got the spillway open, but to stop all the fish he brought in escaping, he put mesh across the entrances. Because he's smart, see? <laughs> he also went along finding cracks and leaks and stuffing them full of clay, straw, or, you know, whatever was within arm's reach. Belly button lint. <laughs> Jeremy, give me your shirt. He didn't know how to fix the outlet conduits, so he just took them out. <laughs> <laughs> These seem unnecessary. <laughs> Job done. He opened the resort. However, his repairs caused some problems to stack up. On May 31st, 1889, a huge storm swept through the area. The president of the resort awoke to see the lake so full it was starting to crest the dam. Ooh. He grabbed some men and ran to open the spillways, but the fish meshes had trapped so much junk <laughs> that it made it little difference whether they were open or closed. So they grabbed buckets. Yeah. <laughs> They would have opened up the outlet had it not been sold for scrap by rough decades ago. <laughs> Spared no expense. <laughs> they sent a man to send a telegraph to the local towns warning them of the eminent dam failure and tried to come up with a plan. One guy said, maybe we could dig a new outlet real quick. But while they were considering how they would dig a 50-foot trench 10 feet deep in a few minutes, the rotten old plugs of straw and clay gave way. Quick, start siphoning the water out. <laughs> <laughs> stuff them full of money drink drink for all your worth <laughs> just just a bunch of rich people with crazy straws <laughs> pinkies up pinkies up <laughs> this doesn't taste good enough dump some gin in there and that's what causes the problem. i only drink purified water <laughs> the entirety of the lake hurtled at the communities below as floods go this was a messy one it scooped up trees, rocks, and local wildlife as it shot towards the towns. The first thing it hit along the way was a railway bridge over the river. This slowed the flood somewhat, but all the junk it picked up piled up against the bridge, forming a plug much like the fish mats of the spillways. <laughs> the pressure became too much and the bridge collapsed, but the pileup meant that the flood had built up some pressure, so started back up even faster and taller than it had started. <laughs> And now there's a train in it. Yep. <laughs> the towns had received the warning telegraph, but decided not to wake anyone up, as most of these warnings they got were false alarms. Hey. The first town the flood came to was Mineral Point. Afterward, there was nothing left. No trees, no buildings, not even topsoil. The flood scoured the town to the bedrock. Wow. The flood continued on to the next town with all of the debris, houses, and boulders it picked up from the first town. And this next part is awesome. The flood could be heard coming from miles away. A train conductor headed towards the flood, heard the rumble, threw his freaking train in reverse, and sped <laughs> backwards towards the town, blaring his horn to warn people. Everybody run! <laughs> Many people heard it and got away. The flood inevitably caught up to the train, picked it up, and tossed it aside, though the conductor survived. Crazy. Told you there was a train in it. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Before hitting Johnstown, the largest community along the river, the flood made one final stop at a railway and ironworks, basically wrapping all of its debris in rail railroads and barbed wire. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and the broken glass factory. <laughs> An hour after the dam failed, this 60-foot or 18-meter-tall morning star hit Johnstown. <laughs> People were drowned, smashed, and just plain cudgeled to death by this running pile of garbage. The flood blasted through the town, and it hit a second bridge. 
This bridge caught all the junk much like the first, but this one managed to hold up. This stopped the flood from going any further, but it did send the pressure back up towards Johnstown for a second flood. <laughs> oh, no. Thank God I survived. What's that? <laughs> Couldn't possibly be a flood from the opposite direction. How <laughs> did this happen? <laughs> Things finally settled down, but the large pile of houses and barbed wire caught fire, because why the hell not? (laughs) That's like a cartoon. (laughs) The fire burned for three days and killed several more people. What was so flammable in there? Uh, Oil from trains, coal from the mines. And iron works. Iron, very flammable. (laughs) I bet you didn't know that. (laughs) Uh, let's see. All said and done, the flood killed over 2,000 people, Jeez. left a pile of junk 30 acres across and 70 feet or 20 meters high. Is it still there? And it ruined Andrew Carnegie's fishing trip. <laughs> oh, no. He was, on t- he was on a boat on the whole thing the whole time going, oh, dear. <laughs> what a bother. Knowing the rich, the telegram they sent was probably something like, mistakes were made and a flood <laughs> may or may not be occurring sometime in the future. Dear town, I've taken out an insurance policy on all of you. Please stay put. (laughs) What was left of the town worked for months to try and clear away all the crap, but finally they just decided to blow up the whole stupid mess with a pile of dynamite. Did that work? Uh, yes. That's how we get rid of all our problems. Yeah. The resort claimed that the disaster was an act of God. (laughs) Again? God hates dams. (laughs) And your town. And this time, they got away with it. No member of the club was ever held responsible for any part of the disaster. Though several of the millionaires... uh, Several of the million... One more time. Millionaires. (laughs) Several of the millionaires of the club donated to the relief effort. And Andrew Carnegie built them a new library. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I, all the members of the club wouldn't be responsible for that, though, would they? Well, no, but the the Ruff was a member of the club, mm-hmm. so okay. he, he definitely should have been. Yeah, him for sure. <laughs> I feel like this is a, a heavy-handed metaphor about income inequality. Yeah. <laughs> Shortly after this, there was actually some new laws put in place in the state that basically said, like, if you're rich and you alter the land in some unnatural way, and then that hurts somebody, you're responsible. Like, hmm. they, they basically put something in like, okay, you get away with it this time, but fool me <laughs> once. <laughs> and for our final flood, or dam break, there's an area in China called the Huai River Basin, and it had a bad habit of flooding. Hoping to combat this... Why? <laughs> <laughs> Hoping to combat this and score some electricity at the same time, the Chinese government decided to build the Bangkiao Dam in 1952. Now, at the time, China didn't really have that many people who knew how to build dams, so they asked some Soviet hydrologists for some help. Oh, yes, good. (laughs) They did have one superstar hydrologist named Chen Jing, though he came up with a plan to make the dams super safe. He felt the dam needed 12 sluice gates so that the flow could be quickly diverted if needed. The government thought five was plenty. (laughs) (laughs) Jing publicly criticized the construction and was fired from the project. Brave man. Yeah. The dam was completed in 1952, and shortly after, cracks started to appear all over the dam. The Soviets were called back in, and the cracks were hastily patched. (laughs) 
The dam continued to have problems, and in 1961, China called back in, or China brought back in Jing. <laughs> Look, we messed up. He refrained from saying, I told you so, and calmly prepared a list of things that he thought needed to be fixed in order to make the dam safe. The Chinese government looked at it and said, this is overdoing it a bit, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> to which he You're said, fired again. Ah! <laughs> the government cherry-picked the things that they thought were important, and Jing gave them the bird and went home. Or cheap. <laughs> <laughs> then, in August 1975, a typhoon hit a cold front right over the dam and got stuck. <laughs> it just sat there and rained for two days. In that area, the average rainfall is about 31 inches or 80 centimeters a year. During this storm, they got 41 inches or 100 centimeters a day. It is a bit above average. <laughs> On August 6th, it was instructed to open up the sluice gates to let the water run into the reservoir, but they said they couldn't as the reservoir was already full. <laughs> no vacancy. <laughs> On August 7th, they tried to tell them more emphatically to open the gates, but the telegraph didn't go through. <laughs> Please make room. <laughs> Later that night, the water went just over the top of the dam and the whole thing crumbled apart. A wave 20 feet or six meters high and six miles or 10 kilometers wide rushed across the basin at Ooh. 31 miles per hour or 50 wow. kilometers per hour. And it just basically scoured everything away. Many towns were damaged, and some were completely destroyed. Reports are mixed, but somewhere between 90 and 230,000 people died in the flood. Wow. Some from the flood directly, but most from the resulting famine afterwards. Over 5 million buildings were destroyed, and 11 million people were hit by the flood in some way. This was, far and away, the most deadly dam failure ever. This is why you listen to your hydrologist. Yeah. Was God responsible for this one too? <laughs> no. I mean, I kind of, basically what they said afterwards is that they built this dam to withstand up to a one in 1,000 year flood. And they said that this was a one in 2,000 year rain. Okay. <laughs> Not our fault. No. So anybody have any personal stories about dams? to the hoover dam and they make that damn joke yeah I've driven over the hoover dam a couple of times or yep. not anymore i guess the next to it yeah yeah i've been to the hoover dam it's big and made of concrete not much more to say about it yep lots of water behind it indeed i have no damn experience <laughs> no damn experience at all that's been my problem looking for a job no damn experience <laughs> well in that case we'll move on to what are your morals worth hmm so in a lot of these stories, there were, warning, there were warnings Warning. that were sent to the towns in danger, but the powers that be decided they were probably false alarms. So let's say you get a message and decide to pass the word on or not. If you pass the word on and you're wrong, you get no money. If you decide not to pass it on, you get the money, but there's a small chance the town will be destroyed. How much would need to be on the table before you wouldn't feel like you needed to pass it on. Jeez. I have, okay. I have so much anxiety. <laughs> Someone could be like, it's raining, and I'd be passing that on and be like, everyone run! Someone saw a thundercloud. Yeah, don't listen to her. Kelly does this all the time. <laughs> a fisherman just poured his bottle of water out into the lake. Okay. It would have to be enough money that I could immediately go hang out with Andrew Carnegie up at the sea. <laughs> 
Yeah, and again, like no one's going to blame you if this goes wrong. I mean, they're going to blame. I'm the- going to blame me. Yeah, well, the people get like no legal action is going to be laid against you. You'll just have the knowledge that you could have saved at least some people from this town and didn't. It's going to be a bunch. I'm I'm thinking like two to three mil. Well, again, odds are that you know these very rarely do these dams actually fail. Like most of the time, it is just a false alarm, and you're just doing this once. You have one, you're working one day and a call comes down saying, hey, the dam is failing. We just heard about Bludgeon River, though. Yeah. yeah. One billion dollars. <laughs> one of those floods sounded like a metal album rolling through. <laughs> just because it was on fire and wrapped in barbed wire? <laughs> yes, exactly. So, what, what sounds like the butthole of Satan farting? <laughs> um. Yeah, I'm going with that. I'm like $3 million. Yeah, I was going to go two. Uh, growing up in Reno, I'm a gambling man. Things things aren't going to go wrong. I mean, what are the odds? <laughs> Probably pretty low, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at this. But I still say it's still a lot. Uh, Just a lot writing on it is the thing. Yeah, yeah. Like this flood sounds like somebody's junk drawer opened and never stopped falling down. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many keys. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we have eight pairs of scissors? <laughs> paper clips and rubber bands <laughs> who needs this many rolls of tape i mean ask yourself does your calculus change and your number go up if your family is living in that town mm-hmm. well i assume that i'm at the bottom of the dam you know because yes, why would they be calling me unless i was in the town are autumn and i in the town as well well i don't if i'm gonna be dead you know that's enough who cares what happens to you <laughs> I mean, I, I'm just saying I don't need the uh, I don't need the price to ramp up if more people besides me are going to die. Like me dying is enough to make me wary. You need enough money to quickly rent a helicopter. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I'd take that bet for two hundred fifty thousand. It's probably going to be fine. We're probably fine. All right. Well, I think that's all we've got for this week. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks to my co-hosts, and thank you so much for tuning in today. If you would like more information about today's episode, check out our website at acidpoppodcast.podbean.com. You can also find us on Twitter at acidpoppodcast and contact us at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to like, subscribe, and give us all the stars you can. Stay safe out there, and we'll see you next week. Bye.